Coming to you live from Rob's living room, it's the Mike and Rob Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Rob. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mike and Rob Podcast. Welcome. Where's that from? That's just weird. It's new. I'm trying something new. Okay, you said okay. to try something new, and that was it. That was definitely. I'm sorry new. that you didn't like it. I loved it. I just didn't know if no, I was supposed to recognize didn't. it. No, you're just from, lying to me. I, well, I might be doing that, but I I just didn't know if I was supposed to recognize it from something. Um, so today is like late August, like the 27th or something like that. But what episode is it? Oh, this is episode 23. 23. Rob is very good at repeating numbers once they're given to him anyway. I'm on it. <laughs> um, and we are not coming to you live from Rob's living room. We're in my living room today. Ha. Ha. Take uh, that, uh, continuity. Yeah. Uh, A's beat the Astros 5-4 to four just five now. 5-4? to four? Jesus just now. Lord. Hey, it's a W, dude. Yeah, Who cares? I know. <laughs> it doesn't even just, matter. Um, it's, been, it's been rough to watch them lately, that's all. Well, but they've been... In fact, I don't know where that puts them. Or did the uh, Angels win? Today? The Angels—they just started because they're playing in Anaheim. So, so we're a game. We're a half a game up on them right now. No, we're not. Oh, we're because not. we lost yesterday and oh, they won. Shoot. So we're a half game below Back. them right now. But we might tie up with them if they lose today. Well, tomorrow we start a four-game series against them. Well, I should say they start a four-game series against them. I'm going to be nowhere near Anaheim. Right. Um, well, speaking of. Um, the Oakland Athletics, we actually had some people writing some things in. Oh, yeah? Um, Do we have an Oakland Athletic that likes our podcast? No. Oh. In fact, they all... That's okay. Everybody else in, who likes it they is They all wrote in too. to tell me they hate it. Well, it's Stupid A's. <laughs> I say as I'm wearing my A's hat. <laughs> um, no, we had... Uh, Let's see. We've the I guess well this isn't the news I wanted to jump on. No, I, I put out a notice that we were recording a podcast on Facebook. Uh-huh. And like some we do. people yeah, some people responded. So uh, I need to find the post. So I'll go to my profile and I'll edit this out. Gotta find the post. Um if only I could find the post. So there's that one and then I'll open That was um from the musical The Nerdening. I'm sorry. It's from a musical called The Nerdening. Oh, I get it. Because nerds look at... Is that it? Is, are you too cool for no. computer oh, no. stuff no. And, and social no, media? No, absolutely not. Hmm. But I'm not, I'm not a nerd. I'm a dork. So that's <laughs> okay. the, there's a difference. Uh-huh, which is? Nerds are smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... Um, I don't know. I'm just not like a tech savvy person i don't consider myself like a nerd i'm well, just there's nothing the, very techy about being on facebook i'm just in the dorky things hence i'm a dork um so one of the questions we got was from uh miss suzanne beck and then i think she either deleted it or i can't find it but she was saying will we be uh jinxing will she be jinxing the a's playoff chances if she goes out now and buy, and I don't know if she was emphasizing now, but I think she okay. was, and buys some fan gear for herself and her daughter. No, her little baby. because she can't jinx them any more than they already are. They're doing very well. They're very close Not to lately. leading. Okay, so the last couple games or whatever. It's uh, the five, last five games or so. The last, like, since after the All-Star break, 
they've been one of the most mediocre teams in the league. Oh, okay. And if it well. wasn't for such a strong start that they had, they would probably wouldn't be in this thing right now. Got it. Okay. So it's been a little while where they've been faltering. But, you know, that's okay. We'll see how it rides out. I'm, I am still have confidence. Do you believe in jinxes like that? Like getting in on the bandwagon and then, then I, screwing up and things you know, like that? It's funny in like my heart of hearts. I'm like, oh, I wore that jersey last time and they won. And I wore the other <laughs> jersey last time and they lost. So that's the good luck one. Right. But... You know, that when, does, but like then I think hurt. about it and I do the logical thing and I'm like, obviously, the clothes <laughs> I wear have nothing to do with the outcome of this game where I sit in my living room. The yeah. things I did last time that they won don't mean anything. Right. Since they that team, for example, not this particular group of gentlemen yeah. playing this year, but the team. Was winning Super or Super Bowls. That would be really cool if they could win a Super Bowl. <laughs> We're winning. <laughs> and in a shocking feat of athleticism, the Oakland Athletics have won the Super Bowl. Uh, so Maybe the baseball bats helped. <laughs> um, but they've won several World, World Series before either of us were even born. So yeah. we may not have a ton to do with who wins the world championships. Yeah, I, I don't think it has anything to do with this, okay. clearly. So uh, the next up was a, a question that came from a former and hopefully future guest of the show, Mr. Reuven the Reuven, Papatang Keyshawn. <laughs> who he has um, so many nicknames. <laughs> the Canadian assassin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he wants to know who's your favorite Sailor Moon, and don't say Jupiter. Everyone says that. <laughs> just, We're just not even. I really don't even know where to that start one. on that. I See, Saturn, I only know them from know. animated porno. <laughs> Did you and, know that they and have I that? Don't even, oh, I'm sure they do. I no, mean, they have they have like porno with all the cartoon characters. <laughs> no, I do know that. Uh, they commented on it in the. Um, the Family Guy game that I have on my iPhone. Yeah. Lois said something like, oh, I've never seen myself on TV before. I've seen myself in an animated porno. But that was... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so she, they, like, addressed it already. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to look up something on The Simpsons the other day, and it was, oh, like, no. Marge Simpson porn. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and then, you know... She's such a sex symbol already. And a, and so that piqued my curiosity. <laughs> And so they've got like all the character, like Daphne from Scooby Doo, oh, and like nice. Josie and the Pussycats and stuff. Wow, but it's all way really back. graphic. It's hilarious. <laughs> I just I don't see how anyone could watch that and get off on it. <laughs> but then again, there's always furries. I don't know. I always watched cartoons and not in that way, but enjoyed them when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and again, and again, and again. I know um, you. I know you really wanted to bang. Uh, April O'Neil from the Ninja Turtles. No, I, I liked her. I, I thought uh -huh. she was pretty hot, but I, I would her say her Daphne, -dunk. Daphne from Scooby Doo, and then uh, the the Bugs Bunny when he dressed up like a girl bunny. <laughs> um, the uh, the girl that was the girlfriend on Heathcliff. Heathcliff's girlfriend. Are you serious? I mean, I know but, she was, was it a the cat. leggings. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> I know she was a cat, but. She didn't look like a cat from the neck down. Animated furries. You're like, <laughs> you're all about it. Um, we had some other questions. Uh, one from my cousin, Brian. Uh, Brian Rafter writes in to ask, uh, 
Do you, oh, here, two-part question. Do you think <laughs> The Simpsons will end during our lifetime? Yes. Yes, I think. I it think started once, during our lifetime. lifetime once one there. of the main voices, Dan Castellaneta, um, Hank Azaria even, or, or uh, Nancy Cartwright, Nancy Cartwright um, or, or the woman who does Mar- Marty's voice, Yardley Smith. She's not getting Yardley, any younger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the once, person who does Maggie's voice. Right. All the people that do. What, you but mean I, Elizabeth I have, Taylor? Uh, yeah. I have to believe that if any one of those people actually died, like yeah, they'd, they'd have to stop the show. I think they're gonna. First of all, in a, in several ways, the show has ended already. Well, yeah. in many ways, I stopped. I stopped watching new episodes a long time ago. I still watch them, but it's not the same show that I fell in love with at all. Yeah, it's all the same characters, but they're not doing the whole stories about this character and. Um, it, it, it's almost like they feel like they have to cram in every character and their catchphrase yeah. into each episode. And huh. it's just getting so cliche. So yeah, there's I, still it, good jokes in it, but that's the main problem I have is that they're not telling the stories as well as they used to tell them. And what, what killed it for me was um, I went to watch a Halloween episode. I hadn't watched one in a few years. So I was like, hey, you know what? It's a Halloween episode. I just happened to see it. I'm going to watch it. And for for whatever reason in the episode, Homer can't talk. He gets stung by yeah, like yeah, a yeah. spider. He gets bitten by a spider, stung by a bee, and he can't talk. So he has to communicate with Lisa through farting. Right. And I'm just like, when did they reach this? They used yeah. to be so above clever. that, that common denominator that now Homer has to fart to talk to Lisa. Like, this is ridiculous. This is something I would have come up with. <laughs> and been fired for yeah. in the heyday of The Simpsons. But it's like... Uh, you know, I'm not getting paid to write that show. Smarter people than me are supposed to be writing that show. Yeah, for sure. So, and, and, and the, the fact that they even let us or let other they people. let someone put that on the air just shows well, me that they're kind of phoning it that, in. I know and that, I stopped. Wa- I haven't watched a new episode since. And here's the thing: is that they have complete creative control. That was part of their one of their initial contracts was. Fox cannot come in with their... They can censor things and, and send right. back notes saying, we won't air that. But they won't let them come in with notes and right. change... You know, We think you should go this way with it. And we think we sh- you should do this with this character. They don't allow that at all. Yeah, That's well, one they, of the main things. So whatever you're seeing, the producers of the show want that. So that's not necessarily a good sign. Yeah, And the other thing I think is a problem is that they keep suffering from longer and longer commercial breaks. And now mm. they've actually added in a whole extra break yeah, into that, the show. I, you know, I never realized that until you pointed it out to me about the fact that each episode, there were two commercial breaks, which split it up into three acts, mm-hmm. which is like any play that you go to, there's right. three acts, which is a perfect like storytelling format to right. follow. It's, it's the format most films in Hollywood and everything today are produced with a basic three-act structure. Right. Beginning, middle, end, con- you know, conflict comes up is is taken care of by the end of the th- second right. act or or beginning of the third act and here's what's going on conflict mm-hmm. established usually the character reaches like a, a you know a, a tough point by the right. end of the second act then the third act it's the conflict it's resolved, resolved and, and we see things get back to normal or yeah. have a little wrap up of some sort and now uh, I mean it was hard enough with the commercial breaks getting longer and longer eating into the showtime and now they're suffering from the fact that they threw in a, f- a third commercial break. Yeah. And sometimes it might even be more now. So I think what's happening is TV is dying. And shows that are now being started af- 
anew are like going straight to Netflix. In fact, just before you came over, I was watching a new Netflix original uh, animated show called uh, BoJack Horseman, and it's pretty good. It's it's uh, Will Arnett, BoJack Horseman. Yes, he's a horseman, and he okay. used to, he used to be <laughs> on his a name sit- BoJack. Yes, BoJack's Bo- the first name. Jack, like first name is BoJack. It's one word. One word. Not hyphenated. No, I don't think so. Okay. It might be capital B, little O, capital J. Okay. But I'm I'm not sure. But um, let me look here. That's all right. But basically, it's about uh, a horse who was on a 90s sitcom called Horsing Around. And it's basically, this show is kind of based on home or uh, Full House. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's a capital J, it looks like. Oh, it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's an animated show. Oh, okay. So Will Arnett does the voice of the part. horse. And then there's all comedians and, and names you would recognize um, doing the voices and everything. And it's him just um, trying to live the pseudo celebrity life 20 years on later. And it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty. But but the point is, there's no. Uh, let's see. For example, how long is an episode here? Um, there's no um, commercial breaks to worry about. Yeah. And you're paying for it. By having a subscription, so they don't care about commercials. Each episode's twenty-five minutes long. Yeah, those extra three minutes that they get over The Simpsons or other TV shows these days on television can really make a major difference in uh, the progress of the show and how much they can reveal before the next act break or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that The Simpsons, if they want to get back to being good, really good would have to go to like Netflix or Hulu or something like that. You don't think if they went to Fox and said the show is really suffering because of this, that Fox would be like, yeah, maybe I think, you're right. I think somebody must have done that. I think they keep going, nope, you're still getting the ratings. Nothing's changing. Because they're, I'm mean, sure they're not getting the same ratings they got in the late 90s, but they're still get, getting good ratings. Good enough, I guess. I guess. So, I mean, 8 o'clock Sunday is a pretty prime spot. Yeah, and that exactly. hasn't changed and forever. Oh my god, it used to be Thursday nights, yeah. and that was like season six or five or four or something. Yeah, that was forever ago. Um, so that that's one part of <laughs> Brian's question. Oh, okay. Um, he says when the Simpsons does end, and I think it'll end because it'll get they'll just pull out and they'll say that's it. Thirty years we did it. Yeah. We're out. Yeah, something like that. Years. I, well, we're on 25 years. No, we did we're on, it. We're on 25 now. I know. So it's not that crazy. I know. But it's, it's like you said, where they do the origin stories of Homer and Marge now, and they're getting together in like the early 90s or mid 90s. <laughs> yeah, that's like that are not even in the 70s anymore. No, because it just wouldn't make sense. Right. It doesn't make sense. But I think myself, along with a lot of the hardcore fans, are like, just leave it. Don't don't yeah, even mention yeah. it again. Don't bring it up anymore. And I, I did get a tweet from Al Jean, one of the showrunners, and probably one of the main producers of the show. Uh, during the marathon, somebody brought that up, or he tweeted about, somebody said we should never have placed them in time by having it be in the 70s. And I, I tweeted back, hey, I was fine with that. I just didn't like when you redid it later. And he said to me, "We are." the quote was, we are well aware it won't happen again. So obviously there was a problem with that part. But um, so the second part of his question is when the Simpsons does end, do you think they will have to invent a new type of storage disc to put all the seasons and all the episodes onto? Yeah, it's called the Internet. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was my answer is uh, everything is streaming now. Yeah. Movies aren't even going to be out on DVDs for another 10 years. (laughs) Get out of the past, man, (laughs) says Rob Florence. (laughs) Yeah, no discs. Captain Luddite. I always love watching the 
you know, those movies that were made in like the mid to late nineties where it takes place in the future. Right. And they just have got, smaller. Discs. They're, yeah. They're just smaller. <laughs> exact same thing. They're just like the size of a quarter, which we had for a little while. We had mini discs, but nobody, they didn't really take off. No. Because so, everyone's like, this is the same thing. It's just smaller. Yeah. And try again. That used to seem futuristic, but now it's really just like, no, no, no. We're just going to put everything in the cloud and everyone's going to access it, you know, directly. So there will be giant servers for things like that. But yeah, uh, the Simpsons. Do you, is already, do you think that like even the what do you call it? The memory sticks. Do you think those flash will go memory. flash flash memory drives? Do you think those will go away? I mean, obviously, they eventually will point, I think they're but, really handy for short term use. Yeah, for rewritable stuff, um, because it's you know, but hand them between two computers or whatever. Yeah, um, and they're great for if you want to, if you have a digital file, you pop it in your TV and yeah. you can watch a video right on your TV there. Mm-hmm. So there's things like that. But um, the Simpsons, for example, is already going to FXX for reruns. It's still going to be on Fox, and then Fox now is going to be an app where they or a thing online where you can watch shows online but you have to put in your cable uh login whatever your cable company is Hmm. you log in using that and then you can watch you know on demand on your computer on your tv fox shows good for them but they're gonna screw with you they're only gonna show (laughs) they're only gonna show you like the last four seasons worth of simpsons shows or something like that i don't know why but then the simpsons are also making an app their own app called simpsons world and they're going to give you access. I don't know how. It might be the same thing where you log in with your your yeah. cable provider. And well, hopefully they give you all episodes there. They will. That oh, well, that then, one they yeah. will. They're, they're then gonna, Fox is stupid. Fox is stupid. Like, why wouldn't you just do all the up ep- If they're going to be somewhere else, then people will just go there. And that's, again, this is all maybe, subject to maybe change. Simpsons dot, the, the Simpsons app or whatever. Simpsons World. Simpsons World won't have the most recent four seasons or whatever. No, I think Fox now is the app that won't have the the only it'll only have the most recent ones. Right. Oh, I see what you're and saying. And then the Simpsons World won't have the most recent ones. So you'd have to go ones. over so the other one. So if you want the most recent, you have to go to Fox, but What's who, the difference? Who wants the most recent ones? I don't know. I mean, there's <laughs> they're still not bad. I mean, I still enjoy them to some degree, but not to the same degree. Anyway, we got to move on cuz we got lots of questions here. Good. Uh Brian asked a few questions. Do the music and movie industries follow the same formulas so that marketers don't have to think of new ways to get people to listen or watch the same types of music or movies that they put out year after year? No, I just think. Did you that, understand that question? Because yeah, I don't think yeah, I did. yeah. Are you know movie music and movie industries just following the same pattern? A cookie cutter. Yeah, because um, that way they don't have to think of new marketing tactics. Um, to get people to, to like the stuff. And yeah, there's probably some truth to that. I think it's just easier. It is know? easier. And I think you one just of the take, main... It's like, a, like you said, it's like a cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. You can take cookie dough and you can form it into your own cookie if you want, but it's real <laughs> easy to just go bomp, 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 bomp and stamp out a bunch of Christmas trees. You yeah. Know? And the Christmas trees are just as yummy. Christ- as... Everyone always loves the Christmas tree. <laughs> it's got all that green frosting all First over one it. to go. Um, I believe it's also because if you take something that already exists, like a TV show, an old movie that you're going to remake, yeah, um, uh, you're going to take Spider-Man and, and reboot it, you <laughs> yeah. don't have to spend nearly as much money in marketing 
because people will already understand what the concept is. Yep. And so you're already halfway to the bank with that one. Right. So if it's something new called the nerdening, what was your show <laughs> called? Your your movie called? It's a it was a musical, a musical? that came out a few years ago. <laughs> the nerdening. Off, it was off off Broadway. <laughs> um that someone would go, what is that? I don't understand what that is. Yeah. Thankfully, there are still movies like that being made. Like Christopher Nolan's got a new movie come out, coming out. And for a while there, all we knew was that it was called Interstellar. So stellar. Interstellar. What does that mean? Yeah, I know what it means. Well, I mean, we know what the word means. But yeah, what does that okay. mean as far as a movie? I guess it sounds like maybe it's a space thing. But he's never done that before. We have no idea what to expect. Yeah. Um. You know, you, you have a movie called... The the glass jar. I have no idea what that could be about. I have yeah. no idea. So now he takes all this marketing to say, well, it's got these stars in it. Here's a right. trailer that shows you kind of what the story is a little bit about. Right. You make and, a you make a Superman movie, and all you people have to know do is what Superman just is show the Superman symbol. Just so it's like that Batman versus Superman thing. All they're gonna have to say is Batman versus Superman, and everyone's gonna. Go. Everyone knows basically what they're getting. They're right. already on board because it's been marketed a million times. For the last hundred years, yeah. Now so, is the director going to take that and? But he's do talking something about the music know, industry, and well, God, the music industry is just like, is it poppy? Is it going <laughs> to sell in commercials? Yeah. Then put it out there. And I, I, I don't know. Uh, Adam Carolla today was ranting about EDM, electronic dance music, and he is just that, what is that like Timberlake? It no 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 um, Skrillex. Wow, really? Nothing? Nothing. I, okay. I got nothing. Skrillex? Um, Isn't that a font? <laughs> uh, he does spell his name kind of in a funky way. <laughs> it's it's a, a, that's a person? It's a guy. It's a DJ. Oh. Basically, DJs doing their own music. And they were talking about how the most popular DJs are making like $40 million a year now. Yeah, just doing appearances. But what are they doing? They're they're playing you know, a record or Somebody or a recognizes their name. And because of that, but they like, don't play an instrument. That's my point. They no. don't get up there and perform anything. Well, they hit you, play on a button. You could you could call a, a turntable an instrument if you want. But he's but that's a DJ who's doing like scratching and and mixing and stuff. Okay. But these guys get up there and let either a record play or a digital file play, and they just like pump their hands in the air. Well, they do something to it. I hope so. No, they 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 do something. I mean, I know to they it. can. It's not just a real the same DJ will mix stuff together. I get that. And. I yeah I I don't know I don't, in fact the I the, haven't been to a club with right. a DJ in quite a long time but I would have to I would hope I would just hope for the sake of humanity <laughs> that people are going to the ones where the DJs at least doing a little something different trying to make it their own make it a little bit different than what you hear on the radio every friggin' day well, anyway Adam Carolla thinks it's it's um, sampling he thinks that's what this is but it's. Even though they might play a sample of something somewhere in the song, it's not always that. Um, but this is the song that we played at the end of our Robin Williams episode. The song is called Bangarang. <laughs> you never heard this one? I haven't. Dude, I... <laughs> Didn't you hear my comment on Skrillex yeah. earlier? And this is actually dubstep. I think. <laughs> but I mean, adding all those little pops and buzzes. And Somebody had to do it, right? That's that's an instrument. I mean, just because it doesn't sound like a drum or a guitar, like, 
why is that any less of an I instrument? Guess I don't know. My point is, is that if you, if people recognize a DJ's name and you can put that name next to a ticket stuff or next to on a ticket for like a rave or a club that's coming out, people are gonna go just because of that. I get that. And they were saying that Paul Oakenfold was the first yeah. Western musician or me, Western music person ever to be allowed to play at the site of the Great Wall of China. And they're like, you think that would go to like Bono or like the Rolling Stones <laughs> yeah. is what they were saying on the Adam Carolla show. But no, it went to Paul Oakenfold of all people after what, 600 years well, of that wall being there. <laughs> so to show you. I, like where, what is where it showing music's me? heading. So I don't know. I don't know that I agree that there's cookie cutter music coming out. I think it's changing a lot. I don't think it's for the better necessarily. Yeah, but, but I think maybe pop we're music, maybe we're just getting older. But well, as we were, we had lunch today at the old Lazy Dog. Yeah, and I was complaining about the music almost nonstop that <laughs> they were playing. Well, there. they started, were playing pretty lame music. What was that? So. It wasn't that Sarah Borelli's song. It was the Michelle Branch or one of those. Yeah, I don't and then remember. and then they just kept I couldn't playing. get the I couldn't get the piano tune out of my head. Now I couldn't remember it to save my <laughs> Isn't life. Is that Sarah Borelli's that one that I have no idea? Oh, you don't know anybody, huh? Um, no, I'm constantly asking Betsy who sings a song. Most <laughs> of the time she knows. Sometimes she doesn't. And then you go, "Let's keep it that way." No, I never oh. say that. It's a stupid joke. <laughs> yeah, unless you nail somebody with it. And I'm usually the one that's more likely to sing a song than right. she will. My point is they played all the same sounding poppy adult contemporary. That's not true. They played some country. You're right. They played country music that was not really country music. That was that That's, pop country I don't stuff. Know. That was pretty pretty country to me. No, I, I swear it's not. You go to the, the actual sticks and they're listening to old country, like country country. Like Hank Williams country? Yeah. I think there's a big difference between the pop country music that's out there right now yeah. and the real stuff. But I again, I'm not a fan of either one. Personally, I know maybe even we may even have listeners who are into that awesome music. But I mean that I don't know. I would equate like old country to old oldies music. Um, you know, yeah, you got you got older people who are only going to listen to classic rock okay, so or, I, or even oldies. If I punch, but that doesn't mean that Metallica here. isn't rock and roll. It's a branch of rock and roll. Yes. Well, I'm saying the same thing. That country music we were listening to is still country. Yeah, I mean, I would just because. You I know, would say Mon, you're, you're probably going to hear it on a country radio station. Anyway, um, yeah, I think there's so much music out there. But uh, speaking of music, it hasn't been really good for me since the 90s. Really, really good since the 90s. That's and not on true. That the note, Foo Fighters have put out their favorite album since then. Well, not my all-time favorite album. but Well, your all-time favorite Foo Fighters album. Yes, they've continued to put out better and better albums, I think. Yes. But in general... The, the 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 popular sound of music has not been as good for me because I grew up in it in the grunge era. Yeah, I I was kind of upset that Jet didn't do better than they did. I was really hoping that maybe they might bring some of the the fun. I back. you know I had bands that didn't make it that I liked. There was one band that put out one album called American Pearl. That was the name of the band, and uh-huh. uh, there was another one. I didn't um, even hear of them. Yeah, there's but... just one album, um, but it was just hard straight ahead rock and roll. Um, the other one that does that is, uh, the vines kind of started to do that, but then they were kind of alternative. Um, what's the one I listen to now? The darkness. Yeah. The darkness has been really good about that, but they haven't, I mean, they haven't been, yeah, you consistent. don't hear anything about them anymore. They haven't been consistent enough to really make a huge, I think they're bigger in the UK, but yeah. Um, yeah. Bands like that haven't really been able to keep rock and roll 
in the mainstream right now. Yeah. So it's a lot of pop and a lot of hip hop. And uh, pop anonymous. But you know what I liked with the bands I liked in the '90s? There was one named Soundgarden, oh, and yeah? another one named Nine Inch Nails. Dude, we should go see them. We oh, did. Oh wait, we totally did. It's two off the list in one show. That's yeah, that was awesome. That's why I went. It, it it's actually really fun when there's festivals and everybody plays for like you know forty minutes to an hour. Yeah, you get a lot of good hits, and they're like good night, and then they, someone else comes on. Yeah, so that's always and fun. you're all like woo and shit. <laughs> so the uh, we were up on the lawn at Shoreline, which uh-huh. I started going to shows at Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View. 20 years ago. But the show, how was the show, Rob? The show was awesome. Had it you... was actually a lot better than I thought it was because, I mean, I knew there was going to be cool, but it's, it had been so long since I've been Better than you to... thought it would be? Yes. Oh. Yes. Better than I thought it would be. You're like, it, it was better than I than I thought, it, better than I knew it was, is what you said. Yeah. Or better than I thought it was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so how was it better than you thought it was going to be? Um... I, there's just something different about being there and watching them play the song and just getting into the music and grooving and it was it's, just it was cooler. Uh, there is a level of separation when you're listening to an album. It's been yeah. recorded in the past, um, and you're listening to it through a medium. Yeah. This time you're watching the sounds being made by those guys right there. Yeah. That's why live music is fun. And because you're present, you're there. You're kind of in the moment. You get more into it. I did like that they had some variation on each song. Yeah, but it wasn't like they totally changed it up, right? Um, or, or you know, do you know what there wasn't a lot of, which I hate when I go to concerts, is where they like they let the audience sing a part oh. of the song. Well, there was one I thought, which song was it where I thought they could do that? I can't remember which band it was, and I was like, he's not doing it, but he totally could do it right here. I don't mind that if it's the right song. Uh, if it's the right song, maybe, but it's like, I didn't pay money to hear everyone else sing I this song. I said that to you. No, you didn't. When I was, you're like, clap, damn it. <laughs> <And> I said, <laughs> I didn't come here to make the music. I came here to hear the music made deaf by them. I'm here yeah. to be entertained. And you said, but this is your chance to be a part of the music. Yeah. So there goes your logic. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't want, I want to hear them sing it. Right. Well, but if there's a chorus kind of chant in the song, I and think if it people, works. If, if the crowd's singing along with the band, like that's totally fine. In fact, I think that's awesome too. If the crowd, the whole crowd can be that into it that they're singing along and you're just kind of like yeah. all rocking out together. But I don't like it when it's just the crowd singing. Yeah. That, that's, and the, the, like singer the singer just, just takes like a break takes the song off and just like you <laughs> guys like, do you guys do it i'm tired oh because i've seen where they like it might have been you too where he i don't know, forget what show it was they were just they let the this the crowd sing like two stanzas oh it's uh how long to sing this song he'll Maybe. let the, the crowd do that at every show i think it's the song 40 from uh from third album war okay and at the end of that, it's... Don't they usually do that after Sunday, Bloody Sunday, though, right. right? Or something like that. Anyway, they do that and let the crowd do it. But it's a, it's a, And then it just like slowly dies down, and then they come up to the next song or whatever. But anyway, I totally get what you're saying. Um, how did you like... Because you've never seen either of those bands before, huh? Yeah, neither of them. I had seen Soundgarden once before, and yeah. only a few years ago. Yeah, and they were good. They played every song I wanted them to play except "Burden in My Hand," which I was kind of surprised about because that was a pretty I big hit for them. That was a big them. hit. Yeah, I was really it'd be like going you to a radio show, and 
not you know them not playing with or without you or where the streets no, have no name. I think which... it would be like not hearing "Bullet the Blue Sky." It's like it's not a top hit, Maybe. but you hear it a lot. I, I don't know. That's definitely one of their top hits. Yeah, I mean, it it was definitely you hear it on the radio. Yeah, a lot. maybe if you ask somebody like name a Soundgarden song, they'd probably say you know "Fell on Black Days" or or "Black Hole Sun." Black Hole Sun, I think would, be, and they did but, play those. Yeah, they did play both. They of also those. played some songs from like the first album from like nineteen eighty eight. No, they have one called Fop. Is their first their like debut album that was on that independent label? Oh, okay. Um, and that was the last song they played. I don't know. It was a good set list. Yeah, in fact, I have them here. Um, I was they, hoping they'd play a little bit more for Sup- from Super Unknown, but that was, was an Ultra, album that Ultra Mega OK was the first album, and it was Beyond the Wheel. That was what they closed with, and he huh. had a reason for doing that. He was like, "Oh, this is a song that I think is an oldie for our, our hardcore fans, but it's uh, one I think that." Was that the one he was it? talking about? Where if you listen, you really listen to the lyrics, it just sounds, sounds like, like a, an angry twenty-one-year-old yeah. wrote it. But he's like, "But it still works today, or whatever." So they opened with from Bad Motor Finger, "Searching with My Good Eye Closed," which was awesome. I'm not going to play every song, but then they went into Spoon Man, then back to that super early album um, for Flower, um, and then Outshined, Jesus Christ Outside. Closed, <laughs> which Rob thought was called Outside, Outshined. Jesus Christ pose. Jesus Christ. Now you were pose. you were still going to get your beer or your drink or something when they started playing, huh? Uh, yeah. And so, and since I didn't really this. know this song, I was kind of okay with it. It's a good opening. It slowly. Funny, fades as soon as in. that music started, man, people were just like running. Oh, oh my god, I gotta get over there. <laughs> You're like more beer for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let's see here. Because his voice comes in here. You know what? I was, yeah, that's probably what most surprised me was that he still sounded like he did on the records. Yeah. His voice still you this, sounded. You hear this voice here? This is my good eye. Do you hear a cow? <laughs> it's like one of those speaking sayers. Yeah. A rooster says. devil says <laughs> so they opened with this one it's kind of a good opener for them in general yeah um but anyway then they played um the day i tried to live then they played my wave which was kind of a cool one yeah that was never really that was a single really good. um fell on black days and then from the new album they played a thousand days before that's the only song they played off the new album um, but as I said, this was kind of a celebration tour for the 20th anniversary of the release of Super Unknown. Yeah, which put them on the map. So they played a lot of songs from Super Unknown, uh, including after they played Rusty Cage, they played Black Hole Sun, and then that was the last song they played was Beyond the Wheel, and that was that. It was a good set. It was it was really good. Yeah, just just the fact that they they sounded so good. Everybody else, though, on the band, except for Chris Cornell, looked really old. Yeah, he's still like the, looking about the same. The bass player looked like, I mean, I'm sure he was, <laughs> but he looked like he was like 55 years old. I mean, he looked like he was having fun. He was and, wearing just jeans and a t-shirt. Looked yeah, like a normal dude, but he not just, a rock star. He looked like one of my friend's dads from high school. <laughs> um, and then just we got... joking that he left. He must have just left his kids at, <laughs> at the babysitter before he came over here. And I'm like, dude, he very well could have. Yeah. 
then we saw Nine Inch Nails. Now this was kind of cool. Like they play, they they um, started off when he came on the stage. It was Trent Reznor, but it was just him. Yeah, and it was an empty stage. It was nothing was on the stage. Yeah. Rah. Totally empty stage. <laughs> Not like a drum kit. Nothing. I'm like, is it really just going to be him? Like, and a button he pushes <laughs> like, for all his music? It's like the vagina monologues. Right. It was, it was <laughs> the Nine Inch nail logs. Um, and so he starts by playing on his little, I don't know what you call that machine, but he starts playing this sound. It's just a little noise machine. But he was like even rocking out to yeah, this. Yeah, he's like, rocking out this. Like ro- I, I couldn't even tell it was him at first. Yeah, I didn't know it was him either. He's so much like, I'm not going to, he wasn't fat. He was just like Thick. thicker. Yeah. So this is copy of a, from the new album, Hesitation Marks. So this is what he opened with. But so what was so cool is how slowly. Hesitation Marks? Yeah, that's the name of the album. I hate when I had hesitation marks on my underwear. <laughs> Shouldn't hesitate so much, Rob. Like, I guess not. Um... <laughs> So uh, he he starts playing, singing like this, and then uh, slowly other people started. Yeah, coming one out. one by one, it was like one band member came out, then like 15, 20 seconds later, another one came out, and then another one. It was yeah, and then the drummer comes out with a drum kit. I don't know if they dropped the curtain to show the drummer or what, but yeah. what they did was they kept the whole show was based, I think, on the the visual show was based on the concept of. Well, as he just said, shadows. Yeah. It was silhouettes. Uh-huh. So either either they were being lit really harshly with a light, but their shadow was shining behind them really big on these screens, or there was no light on them and all the light was coming from the screens and you only saw silhouettes of them. Right. And that was, I mean, it was they were almost in darkness the whole time from that kind of perspective. Yeah, I was kind of wondering how the keyboard player was playing, like, like, could see anything. I think he has a little, on the stage, a little light. It really looked like they were just black. I think they have a little light over it, so you can, they can just see it, but... Maybe. Um, the light show for them was awesome. I yeah. Well, I actually, actually, both bands. This is the first time I'd ever heard that song. I really liked it. Yeah, this is a good tune. It's off the new album. Um, they only played, yeah, they the, played a few songs from the new album. I, I thought that... I don't know. I was going to say I thought the Soundgarden rocked harder, but I don't know that that was true. Yeah. They were both pretty rocking. Soundgarden had some cool stuff in the background, but like the the, the visuals that Nine Inch Nails had was so... Yeah, because basically it was, it was really awesome. uh, Soundgarden had one screen or one big wide screen back there, and they kept showing really cool visuals on the screen, but that yeah, was but it. They, and they, but they would like loop. Yeah. Each visual was probably like... 30 seconds long so you, it would or loop. a minute or two or yeah, something it would whichever it was through like five, four to six times during yeah. every song and then what Nine Inch Nails did was they slowly moved these screens in they had stage hands like moving the screens yeah they in. were like what like eight by six maybe oh I think they were closer to ten feet tall okay yeah we were pretty far away yeah and uh, so maybe to eight by ten or something and they eight and a half by eleven they, I think what they were <laughs> were uh, as you said light screens that had a sheet over the front of them so they could right. do the silhouette stuff and or the, the shadows be- I, I in should the say. beginning yeah yeah it was just shadows it was spotlights on the the performers so that their shadows were really big behind them and so the cameraman which we were watching mostly what the cameraman did because we yeah. were, were on the lawn and we could only see a screen um I think they they wanted it all to just be these giant shadows that was what he was focused on and then those sheets came off and those 
those uh, came off of the the panels. Yeah, the panels were, and it was like a light, light up. Yeah, it was like an LED each, light what, panel. Each one of them was like a giant TV, basically. And they started and they, showing all kinds of cool visuals. But they were on rollers. And were, yeah, and they were moving them all over the stage. Yeah, they just in a did different positions. Awesome stuff and the show just I don't know. It was just it's hard to describe, but it was, it was visually really cool. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you could think about Nine Inch Nails music the way it is, yeah, and picture what that would look like or what you think that would look like for a Nine Inch Nails show, that's what it looked like. Yeah, it was if you, well, if you have really good cool like too. technical visuals that go along with the really cool tech or uh, technical music. Uh, so he, they music. played copy of a from the new album from the very first album. There was the next song they played was Sanctified. Uh, then I they played Came Back Haunted. Came Back Haunted is off the new album. Then they played One Million from their album previous to this one called The Slip. Then they went to the Downward Spiral, which yeah. is also 20 years old this year. Uh, March of the Pigs, followed by Piggy. The pig, yep. pig hey, theme going on. Pig. Well, March of the Pigs is the one you said you didn't really like. It was, Doesn't it make you feel better? Yeah, well, I, I didn't used to like it. You can appreciate <laughs> it more now. I didn't really get it, but I've I have a, a bigger appreciation for it now. Let's see if we get to that part here. And I think seeing them live actually made me appreciate certain songs more. I think that always does yeah. for me because it's a like different songs experience. I didn't always like. And yeah, you know, I see it in the show and I'm like, okay, that song was pretty awesome. Yeah, it because you had a. A totally different experience with that song all of a sudden and you have something to link it to now that one, that one did a lot for me like you too doesn't make you feel better <laughs> um and then off uh how to dismantle an atomic bomb yeah i think it was song five on there the one that's like really heavy with the bass yeah lay it down yeah i didn't like that lay song at first when i just heard it on the album but when yeah. i saw them perform it Live on the well, when I saw him perform it on the DVD, on the DVD. in the live show, right? It I was gave just it a like, different Dude, that song's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I always like that song, but uh, then they played uh, Terrible Lie and then Closer, uh, gave up. Do you remember this song from yeah. Broken? I think that was the hidden track, right? Actually, let me see if it was. No, it was track six. Oh. I thought there were only like five songs and then it went to 99. But... Oh, maybe. I don't know. Because they only well, have scroll tracks. down. Does it show? No, like... that's it. It's just more by Nine Inch Nails here. But here's the last song. See, there's a lot. I remember I liked the last song. It's called Suck. Huh. Okay. Well, I was you need totally, to get totally wrong there. Uh, then they played Disappointed from Hesitation Marks. Another one from Hesitation Marks. That was the one that had the really cool where they lined they lined up all the screens and they had yeah, the boxes. boxes that were doing like concentric movements. Yeah, I don't know. It was white cool. boxes, outlines of boxes. Yeah. And uh on black, and they kept twisting and turning in sync with each other and doing all this crazy stuff. So um and then Find My Way from Hesitation Marks. But they didn't play a lot of the stuff that I really wished they'd played. They, they played The Great Destroyer. It's the only song they played off of Year Zero. Yeah. Uh, which I love that album. And that song is like a throwaway track to me. But really? Obviously not. That was the most popular. I think that was the one that got the most airtime off that album. No. Yeah, it was. The Great Destroyer? No. Survivalism was the big one. I got my fist. I got my plan. I got survivalism. Uh-uh. 
Yeah. No. Wrong. Yes. No. This one I think you might still hear on the radio sometimes. I disagree. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do remember this one, but okay. I still think if the Great Destroyer is the one I'm thinking of, no, they, I, don't I don't always remember songs by their titles. Right. Play the Great Destroyer real quick. I don't think this gets any radio play ever. I only knew it because I knew the album. Here, zoom ahead a little bit. It, this okay, did turn this into, is not the one I'm thinking of then. No, but this turned into a crazy strobe light show. Yeah. Oh my god. Crazy strobe. And I no, was I just thought, like, no, that was the one from Broken. That was the was other it? song he played from Broken. Because um, I was like, it's interesting that he's playing this song, and that what happens is he says, I am the great destroyer. One time in the song. Right there. Hang on. Let me get to it. I love that part, though. It's a nice... And then from here it goes into all like crazy techno, like yeah, he, this he was just like he was totally out head on banging, rocking, like practically yeah. throwing that thing around if it wasn't bolted to the stage. And like, there was cool stuff going on on the screen. It was yeah. like distorted. It was a lot of images from yeah. the Year Zero stuff, like presidents and bombs going the presidential off. Presidential seal, like, yeah. showing real quick, yeah. So it looked like you know a TV that just couldn't quite find its signal. Exactly. Uh, so then he played Eraser from the Downward Spiral, Wish from Broken. That might be the one you're thinking. This was. is the one that had all the the uh, hardcore. Um, this is the strobe. strobe light. Yeah, it was just like hard to look at. I'm just totally. Like, uh, okay. I'm not epileptic, but I might. It might just happen anyway. Oh, um, the hand that feeds is the one I was thinking. I thought that that's was from off a different of, album. That's yeah, I thought that was off on Year Zero. No, that's a good song though. <laughs> <laughs> we started making our own parody version of this on the way back to the car. Can you eat all of this cheese? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how badly do you wanna pee? And you said about. I think about 14 <laughs> and I added on a 1 to 10 scale um, then of course they had to they had to wrap it up with head like a hole said goodnight we came back out to do hurt yeah and when I heard that I was like okay we can go <laughs> I don't know maybe I robbed Rob of his favorite Nine Inch Nails song no that's not my favorite song I like it but it's just to go out just... on this one is so mellow I'm like eh. yeah I like to leave my audience with a feeling of, huh, Yeah, I, I think I've done that. <laughs> what did I say that in the song he says, uh, everyone I know goes away in the end. And then the show ended and we all went away. <laughs> <laughs> and I just picture him going to a corner and just... Of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> they all left me again. I gotta stop ending on that one. So we went to that show and it was a lot of fun. I, um, I, I was kind of surprised at how much he sounded like the record too. I, yeah, I kind of almost was like trying to see if maybe he was lip syncing. No, because the think video that's just, was he's off, a good singer. Yeah, 
he he just you know his voice holds up. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna run through some of these questions again, so we can get rid of these real quick. But okay, uh, Kristen Bruner, aka Kristen White, wants White to know: is, White, is there any truth? Is there oh. any truth to the fact? Well, if it's a fact, then I guess it's true, Kristen. Right. Um, that there will be a new, or as she writes, will be a a new Ghostbusters. You don't have to. Do oh, okay, that. I like clearly her shit, a typo. Or is this a rumor going around? Rob, oh. what do you know about it? Well, in my sewing circle, everybody's talking about the new Ghostbusters mm-hmm. movie. But I think with the death of Harold Ramis, a.k.a. Egon Spangler, uh, I think that pretty much puts the kibosh on that. On that version of a Ghostbusters movie? Oh, well, yeah. I, I really hope they don't do the new Ghostbusters. They tried that, and it sucked on a cartoon. But Did they? You don't remember that? They had all new Ghostbusters. It wasn't Ray and Egon. No, I don't and, remember that. Yeah. Why would I watch that? <laughs> exactly. And they had like some kind of like Bigfoot or like no, oh, there's a gorilla. No, they that's had a gorilla. Not, that's not the same. That was a show that was around before this Ghostbusters came out. It was, oh, that what was, was the that? real Ghostbusters. No, that was called Ghostbusters. That's why it, this had to be called the real Ghostbusters when oh, they did their cartoon. That's what it was. That's right. Um, that was right. a weird thing about these two guys whose parent their their dads were partners in a ghost elimination company, and it was just a goofy. It was stupid, but anyway, the point is, the latest thing I've heard is they said, "Well, Harold, Harold Ramis is dead." The new thing that's going on right now is lady comedies. So, what if we had an all female cast Ghostbusters movie, and it's like a reboot, right? So it's almost like a remake of the original plot. But all women, kind of so, like bridesmaids. So Melissa McCarthy's in yes. it. <laughs> exactly. And um, Kristen Wiig. And Melissa McCarthy's clone. Right. Well, somebody, you know, somebody along those lines. And they'd probably get, you know, I don't know who else is out there right now that you would cast in something like that. Um, yeah. Um, there's, there's lots of really funny comedian uh, women I, out there I bet right Sandra now. Bullock will make it in somehow. But she's not funny, though. She's No, she's not. But I bet she'll make it in. <laughs> we just basically said all the Melissa McCarthy co-stars. Yeah. Um, but no, there's, there's, uh, I can't think of their names right now, but I mean, you could do something with like, um, Amy Poehler. She's super popular right now. Yeah. Of Parks and Rec. Tina Fey, maybe. Eh, maybe. I think she's, um, I think they'd want to go younger. And I think there's like Amy Schumer is a really funny person. Yeah. I watch her show all the time. Anyway, the answer is probably not the way you're thinking, Kristen. Yeah, I think the latest is there may be an all-female reboot. So wait to find out about if, that. If you want to see a Ghostbusters movie, just watch Ghostbusters yeah. 1 or 2. And she does. Her kids love those movies. Good. Um, Good for you. Then my cousin Brian asked another question. Uh, I think he was trying to say Judd Apatow, but he couldn't come up with the name. But he was basically saying, I heard that Judd Apatow and J.J. Abrams and a bunch of other directors may have saved... He wrote Kodiak. I think he means Kodak film. <laughs> Maybe he means bears. <laughs> um, saved Kodak from going out of business. Your thoughts on film versus digital. Rob? Uh, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. I just know that film is obvious. It's, it's a film's a better picture. It's an actual picture of what happened. Is it? Is it is what it is, is. It, what makes it, it captures an picture? Well, it captures the light. It, the light is right. Cap, captured onto the film, and it's it burns not capturing an image light. Onto. What it what it does is it. 
pushes little silver halide crystals around on the emulsion of a of a piece of film, and they, those are photosensitive chemicals. So they're of actually course. so they're forming shapes in brights and darks and reds and greens and blues and yellows into different shapes that represent what that light was like coming through that frame for that split second. Uh huh. So it's again not the light itself; it's a representation of what the light structure was for that frame oh, at that split see? second. I guess I was mistaken. I so, thought the light actually like burned an image on there, so you could take a piece of film almost to that, and you could zoom in onto it almost infinitely. But no, uh, you would you would see film grain eventually, and you see mm, those in okay. old old films. You see them because film got better and better and better technologically. Right. right. So what they were able to do was get it to be less and less and less grainy. What they used to have to do was shoot in bright sunlight all the time right. in the old days of like silent films. Yeah. Like and you always see in those older movies where it's supposed to be nighttime, but it's clearly daytime. And they've just stopped down the camera as much as they can. Right. They just added like a blue filter to it and or something. And a blue filter, and that's called day for night. Yeah. Um, and so that they used to have to do that. Now we can actually put up a giant light somewhere outside of the frame and bounce it off of the landscape either trees or a water surface uh-huh. and you'll see the ripples in the dark and you'll see you know sh- shadows and light and all sorts of things at nighttime so we can actually film at nighttime now but film has actually gotten what they call faster so it will it will react even quicker to even less light than ever before digital goes beyond that it can capture images with even far less light but the the argument is that uh, the gamma levels, the blackness of the film is so much better than the blackness of a digital image because mm. it's all light representing something on screen, whereas film is light and absence of light. Right. Digital, you're getting blackness represented by some sort of dark light. Right. So in film, <laughs> it's something that's actually like blocking, blocking the, the light, light yeah. not in digital where everything's like projecting it's like when you leave your tv on yeah but you turn the cable box off mm-hmm. and the screen's just black but it's still emitting light yeah it's a dark light yeah <laughs> so anyway uh that's the that's the basic argument that's a really really basic surface level argument <laughs> i'm, sh- I'm so sure this that if can you get this can get way deeper into color space like yeah and and cinematographers They'll go on like crazy about this, but my personal point of view is I don't have the money to make a fucking <laughs> billion dollar. I don't have the money for film. Right. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> and I'm I'm mad that in film school, I ha- I was one of the last generations to have to be taught on film and to be forced to pay my own way to go develop that film for my class. Oh, really? How much was that? Oh, it, we would have to it'd be like two hundred dollars for a roll of film. Wow, or maybe a maybe re- it was like real or yeah, like a, not. I mean, the roll. reels the reels were like, um, well, you'd buy the roll. The roll of film is cheap. Getting it developed, yeah, is, is where expensive. they get you. Yeah, and uh, it because it's got to go through this chemical bath and and all these development stages and everything. Yeah, just like we did in film class. It was mm-hmm. imagine doing that to a whole roll of film. As well, they probably to, have a machine that'll do it now. R- well, but they they do color timed. Uh, if you if you pay for it to be if you pay for the basic just process it just, that's what they'll do they'll just throw it through a vat of chemicals right exactly <laughs> hope it doesn't burn up and then you know, then they'll for a more specific uh, you know color timed thing they'll make sure that 
if you want the film to look a little redder or if you want the film to look a little bluer, have a certain tone, they'll do gotcha. it that way. They'll process it that way. It's so expensive. and Kind of like how The Matrix had a green tone. Right. But I th- again, I think that was done. I mean, they've shot on film. Or but uh, they may have, payback, the movie Payback had a blue tone. Exactly. Films do that a lot for the aesthetics of it. Right. But the only way they used to be able to do that was with the film and the chemicals. Now they can do it with a computer, push of a button, a drag a little, well, you drag a little cursor point this way. Yeah. And now it's bluer. I mean, I, I can do that. So it's it's much easier. But now there are colorists who spe- who, whose entire career is fixing the color in this part of the frame or that part of the frame and bringing this out and bringing that back. And um, and that's all done digitally. But the old school way is with film. So for, even though there are filmmakers who want the look and feel of film, they want to know that um, they get a break every 10 minutes when the camera runs out of film and they have to re-spool yeah. it or bring in another one. Um, but I think personally, I'm just a fan of what digital is doing right now. It's making the craft of filmmaking more accessible to more people. Yeah. And that's going to result in new stuff, new and better stuff, even though it, it provides a breadth of new stuff. It it also provides for a lot of crappier. Exactly. So in the breadth of all the stuff in the spectrum, we're getting way worse stuff, but way better stuff. But what happens is the cream rises. People don't pay attention to the, crappy movies that awesome. don't get made yeah or, you know student films that aren't gonna unless be... you're talking about the movie deathbed <laughs> the bed that eats so apparently Patton oswald did a whole routine on that he did really in fact I guess oh my god no no don't even play it i'll i'll listen to it at home because you sure this doesn't shouldn't be part of the the show yeah don't, they can people can look it up i i don't want to spoil it by what's, talking over what's it the bed it's called what deathbed what? the bed that eats and I kind of maybe I kind of feel like maybe I should watch the movie first, but uh, all right. I mean, the whole I thing's right I here. I really minutes. don't want to. I know I don't want to stop. Stop okay. it. Stop. Okay. Um, so we got a couple other things I should dive into. Um, Reuven also asked uh, on a more serious and relevant note from his uh, Sailor Moon question: What was Robin Williams's first and last movie he starred in, and what are your favorite films that he starred in? No IMDb allowed for the first question. Um. I, I refer. We already him, looked at that. I've, I referred him to yeah. <laughs> episode twenty-one, yeah, which was all about Robin Williams movies. So. Yeah, which I'm pretty not sure we answered that. the the first movie question. I don't remember. Popeye. Was it Pop? Oh, that was the first movie he starred in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He was in some other weird things where he had bit parts and stuff. Right. Uh, most recent ones are still in development, post production stuff like that. Um, he said, "Fine then." Same question, but this time Omar Epps. I said, did he die? He says, no, just let me be stupid and humor me, damn it. <laughs> I, I uh, couldn't name a single Omar Love Epps. and basketball. There you go. That's the Actually, answer. Actually, no, I think my favorite movie with Omar Epps in it is probably Major League Two. Got it. Um, and second to that is... Wait, uh, Major League Two? Who do you play in that? Willie Mays Hayes. So they, Will, but Wesley Snipes. Yeah, no. Oh, he didn't make it. All right. Well, um, then the the last uh, thing. There's a million things I wanted to talk about. And... Then, then my favorite Omar Epps movie is Black Thunder and White Lightning. Watch That's not a movie. Yeah, well, not really. But if you watch Major League Two, it is. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, I went to go see it, but it was only out for two hours. <laughs> Uh, so the next thing we need to talk about is this ALS challenge that has just gone yeah. to ultimate virality yeah, on the it's, internet. 
I, I, I'm just going to preface my statement by saying that uh, I think anything that raises money for a cause is a good thing. A good cause, anyway. Yeah. Not like killing children. That's our cause. <laughs> Kittendeaths.com. <laughs> um, but yeah, this would happen to be a good cause. But this is just getting a little out of hand. Well, it may be getting out of hand, but we have actually been challenged. Yeah, and I think the challenge now is how to try and do it in a funny and different way. Yes. So let me just really quickly play the uh, the challenge video from our good friend and listener, Suzanne, um, who did take Didn't the challenge. Didn't really do it. She did. But <laughs> she did it. I'm just She kidding. did it. But what she did, I feel a lot of people do, and they're doing it wrong. So here she is with her... Her little daughter, whom she calls, what's her nickname for? Poppy. Bucket challenge by my husband. I'm doing the challenge because why not? And I'm donating money because I can. I nominate my friends Mike and Rob of the Mike and Rob podcast. Hey, that's Mike. us. That's me. Tell Rob. Oh, I Mike has to tell Rob. <laughs> well, Mike you did. Tyler. You did have to tell me. Her so daughter's her, like, hey, water. Yeah. So her daughter is is playing with the um, the ice. All right, kid. Now, step back. Now, that's her husband's talking. Now, here's what Suzanne did. She dumped the ice directly into a bucket of water that was, my guess is, maybe a little cold. Yeah. The, the ice has now been in the bucket for about 0.2 seconds. <laughs> Ready? Here we go. Thank you. Come here. There's one second. There's about two There's seconds. Two. And she looks like she survived it. Okay, good job, Suzanne. Wait, what did her daughter say? You missed? <laughs> I don't know That's what she said. You mess. You made a mess, I think. Oh, okay. Saying. You mess. Um, anyway, yeah, so we've been challenged cute. by Suzanne. So we've been thinking of ways to do it without just dumping water on our heads and going, there, we did it, and we donated some money. Now, here's yeah. the other thing, is that the challenge is usually either... Dump a water bottle on your, or dump a, a bucket, bucket of, of water on water. your head, and it's got to be ice cold, or donate a hundred dollars. Right. If you just dump the bu- bucket well, of water, it was, I thought it was bucket of water and ten dollars. That's what I'm saying. If you just do the bucket, you only we only challenge you to donate ten bucks. You get yeah. off easy, but at least you're donating something. Yeah, you're you're putting some skin into the game. Now and now it's like, now you got to do both. Now it's changed. I think. And even kind Suzanne, of. I think Suzanne is even like aware of that. She's like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do She's, it because yeah. I, can af- I can afford it, and I'm going to dump the bucket on my head because that gets a viral video going. Right. So uh, we're going to do that, but what we want is your help, people. What should we do to make it more interesting? Now that Rob <laughs> has had the best idea so far between the two of us, uh, which was the slip and slide. Tell him about that. So we want to get a slip and slide. We want to fill it with ice along the the slip and slide part, but we have to get a slip and slide that ends in a pool. Yeah, like a and, big inflatable kiddie pool kind of thing. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll fill the end of the pool full of water and ice water, plenty of ice. So it's cold. It's like and we'll we'll put some Coors Lights in there <laughs> so the Rocky Mountains will turn blue, so that so you know it, it's cold to prove it. And we will videotape it. Whatever we do, we'll videotape and it'll go up. But if, if we have, do that, if you that have is, better, that seems well, like an awful, an awful waste of water in a drought time. But again, I don't think that much water, even when a slip and slide, even when a handful of people are doing a challenge, it's it's like the flushing of a toilet. It's not as much water as you think. Maybe. And it's not. Maybe. I swear to God, it, we are talking 
megatons of know, it's, water. It's like a giant waste of water. This no, this is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing compared. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this is not messing with affecting. You. This is the argument that's driving me nuts. It's oh my god, we're in a drought, dude. If you take a shower, you're affecting it more than this is. And so you could kind of count that as your shower for the week. For the week, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you, if you're fancy, believe me, I I. I bathe so little anyway. I'm saving the planet all by myself. I know. <laughs> Good thing it's not a smell cast. Yeah. <laughs> I smell like cherries. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing. Let us know what we should do because uh, that's the best we've come up with so far. But we are taking on all challengers and uh, we will, uh, of course, challenge somebody. But we're only doing it the one time. But I'm going to donate some money. Are you going to donate some of money? Course. Oh, of what, course. What's... Otherwise, I'm just an idiot dumping water in my head. Yes. Uh, I really wanted to go into the ALS stuff, what ALS is. It's basically Lou Gehrig's disease. If you've never heard of that, look it up. There's lots of information about it. Lou but Gehrig we should... died of Lou Gehrig disease. Bet he didn't see that coming. Yeah. How about you not see that one coming? Um, so anyway, uh, we, we're way over our time anyways, but we talked what a lot time? about well, we've been going for over an hour now. Yeah, so I mean, it's our show. We can do what we want. <laughs> we can do a two-hour. Let's just show. sit here and do this. I have. I actually have places to go yet tonight. Can I do this? No, you can't. <laughs> I'm doing it. Well, not that. I was just gonna go. That's pretty good. No, no so you're blowing want. on the microphone. Mine actually yeah, no, sounds. Mine either. sounds like water. I'm pretty good at that. So anyway, <laughs> that in, we wasted our time doing that. Now we can't talk about ALS. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, we can talk about ALS. You're just gonna edit that part out anyway. So here's Homer Simpson doing the ALS challenge. Okay, this is Homer Simpson, and I challenge Flanders, Lenny, and Flanders again to do the ice bucket challenge. Oh, and why not, Donald Trump? So Homer dumps a small glass of ice water on himself, but it probably wasn't all that cold. Oh, oh, oh boy. Oh, that was cold. Oh, but it was all worth it to raise awareness for ALS. And then a bunch of stuff starts falling on him. So it's a bunch of ice water, actual ice cubes, penguins, a polar bear, a hockey, hockey team. team. The, the snowman from Frozen, Frozen falls on him. Santa Claus's elves, a couple tauntauns. <laughs> tauntauns, that's what those are. And the, what's the... What's uh, I forget the name of the creature that, that the kidnaps, that grabs Luke and... With a bucket of ice cream on top of that. <laughs> or several, and, and an ice, ice cream, cream truck. <laughs> from a helicopter that Bart is involved with. Fight ALS! So Homer says fight ALS. So there you go. Uh, so we're going to do that uh, somehow, but uh, go ahead and let us know what you think we should do to fight ALS. Fight ALS, everybody. Yeah, totally do it. I'm going to fight it. Um, I I did a lot of research about it, and I, although I don't know how much closer they are to finding a cure for it, I think a lot of this money is going towards taking care of people who are already suffering from ALS and are in the later stages of it mm-hmm. where they can move like almost nothing but their lips and their eyes, and that's like it. Yeah. And so um, there are ways to help those people live... A, not a normal life, but something closer to a normal life. Um, there's a good documentary about the guitarist Jason Becker, who has been basically a vegetable 
except you're not because you're aware. You're completely awake and aware. Now, now I know who Jason Becker is. Sure, but you just for the people who don't know out there, who who is what so, band was he a part of? Uh, he was basically he had a band um, with. Oh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Marty Friedman from Megadeth. He was in Megadeth for a while. Okay. Um, they had a band together back in the early 80s, it, I think. Didn't that guy just win an Emmy? No, that's Marty. What? I don't, who? I don't know. Who the guy talking? who was in uh, Lord of the Rings. Not Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> the Hobbit. The guy who played The Hobbit. No, that's Martin Freeman. Oh. It's a different guy. Okay. Um, no, uh, so Marty, Jason, Marty Jason Freebird. Becker. No, Jason Becker was a, basically a guitar prodigy, or totally total guitar prodigy. Okay, um, he was going to be like the next Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, Eddie Van Halen kind of things. In fact, he played on a David Lee Roth solo album back in '91. Um, did the whole album, and that was about the last time he was able to really do a full album in the studio because he started having problems with his legs, and then it was his hands. Oof, and that sucks. By, I think it was by '96 he couldn't talk anymore. So. They developed a way for him to write music on a computer. So is ALF, ALS uh, like a degenerative nerve disease? Exactly. Okay. It is so that your brain uh, is unable to send the signals to your muscles that it needs to move your muscles. Wow. And so okay. your muscles basically stop reacting and then um, slowly, it sh so it's like your legs are wiggling or you know shaking, your hands start shaking, your arms aren't strong enough anymore. And pretty soon they stop responding altogether and completely atrophy. Um, and what ha can happen is you can basically, uh, I guess, your lungs stop getting the message. The yeah, your the messages your heart from your too, brain. I would imagine. I guess, but they're keeping this guy alive, and he's been in a wheelchair for about a pacemaker. sixteen years now. Yeah, maybe something like that. And he's able to communicate with his eyes. And his, I think it was his father developed a chart that had all the letters of the alphabet in a grid. And whichever way he looked, if he looked twice, it was another letter. If he looked this way once, it was one letter. If he looked again and twice, it was another letter. And so he figured out how to spell things and would say, and basically it, um, they made a documentary about him and the whole opening or the, the trailer of it here is his father deciphering what he's saying on camera here. So watch this. L-A-D, ladies, A and G-E, gentlemen, T. H I this is Jason Becker T H E the S E X sexiest M A man alive. So that's the opening of his thing, and he's basically able to smile there a little bit. There's nobody better than that dude. He was on another level. When people would hear him, they'd turn their head and go, "What the heck was that?" <laughs> But he wouldn't just play a Bach piece. He could set a guitar on his lap and play it that way. Jason was on his way to becoming a really big rock star. He's going to just take over the world. And that's when Jason told us his leg was kind of bothering him. So I'll stop it there in he case anyone wants to check it out. But um, they're, they're doing another, like a third tribute uh, concert to raise money for ALS uh, it's friends of and fans of his are going to perform some shows and stuff. Um, but anyway, he, he's just another face of ALS that we can actually point to and say, here's somebody who was really robbed of a whole music, musical career 
that yeah. could have made him millions of dollars, could have been world famous, traveled the world, and uh, just some weird random disease that we don't understand how it works. Or we understand how it works. We don't understand how to stop it. Um, affects people. So I think it really, uh, a lot Do of this money... Do they know how you get it? Is it genetic? I don't know. That's huh. another thing. Basically, the reason we're talking about this is because people are dumping water on their heads. And that thing went viral. And so now people are talking about it more. It's just interesting how simple that process can be. Mm-hmm. But if as long as the first few celebrities do it and get the ball rolling and it gets down to people like Suzanne who then challenge us and I'm doing research on it, we're talking about it on a podcast. It's about getting the awareness about it out there. Even though it's not the biggest killer of people out there, heart disease is by far the worst killer of human animals. But this is one that we would really like to find a cure for because it is so... You you live most of your life up until a heart attack I mean, takes all you. All diseases are tragic, but to watch somebody go through something like you that. waste away slowly, and by the end, you're you're still conscious and aware as you are now. Yeah, and you're trapped in your own body. So I think that is the the, the horror of that is really the key to why people are doing stuff about it like this. So yeah, check that out, people. Um, and Suzanne, we are accepting your challenge, but we want to have other people. Give us some suggestions about some cool ways to do your challenge, and then we will do it, show it, and talk about it on the air. Basically, challenge accepted. Oh, yeah. But this 24-hour stuff, we're, we're more pro than that, and we want to be... <laughs> yeah, well, we, you know what? Us. See that box over there? Yeah. It's a really nice high-def camera. I've got audio gear. We can make an actual video instead of just doing something on our iPhone. We can put something on the web and hopefully... Because of the celebrity status that we have as podcasters, we can really change the world now. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we kind of owe it to the world to change the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. <laughs> well, no, I was supposed to be changing it about the ALS stuff. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think That's we should wrap it up, mean. even though there was a bunch of other stuff I wanted to talk about. Um, well, there's always next time. Folks. Yeah, I'll have to save some of those. Um, real quick, Simpsons Marathon. We're in the middle of it right now. Well, we're not watching kinda it. It's kind of towards the tail end. It's going on for another week. Okay, so we're in the middle of it right yeah. now. Yeah, we're basically in the middle of I it. I guess so, yeah. I, I don't know. I just kind of consider like season 12, 12 13, 14, it's basically sort of the over. end. <laughs> But uh, it's been really awesome to sit and watch oh, episode after episode after episodes. episode. Yeah. Just, I don't know, man. That first seasons three through ten, it's like everything's a classic. Every yeah. episode has got love, gold in it. I love the one where uh, Mr. Burns is making a movie about himself and he's yeah. hosting auditions for who's going to play him. Who's directing it? Uh, <laughs> they couldn't get Steven Spielberg. No. They so got they, the got, they, got a, they got his Mexican equivalent. <laughs> Senor Spielberg. Senor Spielberg. <laughs> And uh, so they're trying to find Mr. Burns, someone to play Mr. Burns, and they first bring in Bumblebee guy, who's just like, excelente. <laughs> and then they bring in, he's just like, oh, next. And then they bring in William Shatner, excellent. <laughs> no, next. And then they bring in Homer and just goes, exactly. <laughs> yes, there's all sorts of classic stuff. We've been texting each other funny quotes from The Simpsons and... I've been playing around with people that are tweeting about it on on the Twitterverse. Uh, it's just I, I some of my friends. I think maybe even you mentioned this. Why isn't it an annual thing? Or no, my friend Mike said that. Why isn't this an annual thing to do? Oh, maybe it will be a, a two week. You know, like Shark Week. Yeah, Simpsons Week. Simpsons Week. Why not? Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, that's one other thing. I have a whole bunch of other stuff that we can talk about, so we will. Uh, but I'm going to wrap it up. What do you think about that, Rob? Sounds like a plan. I don't know that any of those things recorded, so I'm going to have to go and put those in separately. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's weird. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to wrap it up. And uh, for the Mike and Rob podcast, I am Mike. Und Rob? No, I'm Mike, and I'm only Mike. Yeah. So you have to say that you are Rob. I don't know how to say I'm Rob in German. Just so. say I'm Rob. Oh, okay. I'm Rob. There, did you say I, Rob? I'm Rob. I'm not hearing the mm. I'm... Oh. What? Rob. What? Say, <laughs> say I'm Rob. Why? Because that's your line. I'm Rob. And we will catch you on the flip side. Peace Go. out. <laughs>